0: This is the Mile High Magnum Dak Draper, and you're listening to Wrestling with Jonner's Podcast.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Jonas. This is episode 158, and uh, it's been a few weeks since I've recorded an episode of Wrestling With Jonas. it's got to be said, um, but uh, I've got a brilliant guest with me uh, this week. We're going to be talking about NXT Halloween Havoc, um, so what a tremendous show, and uh, what a tremendous guest I've got to help me cover that show. From the Turnbuckle Arms, part of the brood, I've got Lexi Helm. So, Lexi, brilliant to have you back on the Wrestling With Jonas podcast again. You've been on the show a couple of times. Before it's been a little while. I think it was probably just before WrestleMania uh, when all of this COVID pandemic thing was kicking off and confusing the hell out of us as to whether there was going to be fans or no fans, whether it's going to be yeah. at the PC or not at the PC. But uh, how are you? And uh, great to have you back on the podcast.
0: Oh, thank you again for having me. I say it every time, but thank you. Um Yeah, it's been it's been good. It's been crazy. Um Turnbuckle Arms is doing well, taking over yeah. quite nicely. It's doing very um, so, yeah, I uh, decided to go on a little break and come over here for a minute. Cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure to speak to you. It is a pleasure to speak to any member of the Brood, of course. And like I said, the Turnbuck Alarms is going from strength to strength. Catch their monthly episodes, uh, usually kind of mid-month. And they do their their uh, their kind of bonus shows as well, which call them the swift half, isn't it, Lexi? I yeah. think. Yeah. And uh, the last swift half you did was with uh, Grizz um, yeah. and yeah, you've recently recorded your, your regular monthly episode. But um, it, yeah, it, Turnbuckle Alarmus is doing some great stuff. We were talking a bit off air about uh, up and coming episodes. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, tell us about your, your experience with the, the Turnbuckle Alarmus, because uh, well, uh, we've kind of got a, a good uh, bunch of uh, guys and, and yourself, of course, as part of the brood. Um, it's it's uh, turned into a bit of a success
0: yeah um i'm blown away by it i'll be absolutely honest with you like the the six members of the brood including myself are fantastic and it doesn't feel forced it doesn't feel awkward It's a really nice sort of little family going on yeah. um like a family dynamic so you know thank you very much for for being our creator no, that's um, fine our johnny mawr st john um so yeah
1: get used to that still need to get used to that, to
0: used to that. <laughs> it's all right i thought i'd change it a little bit so it's not as like perverse or you know um but yeah Love it. You've got,
1: you've got a good mix of personalities. Um, obviously, the, there's yourself. You've got Grizz, uh, Big Chucky T, Chris Thornton, of course. You've got Michael yeah. Jolly, uh, Jason. Yeah. And uh, Matt Bailey's has taken a bit of a hiatus from The Brood. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see Matt back again as part of The Brood and Turnbuckle Arms soon. But a good mixture of personalities. And uh, the, the podcast can be found on all uh, podcast channels, pretty much, can't it, Lexi? Yeah,
0: pretty much. Um, you can find us on on social media as well. Um we are on Twitter, we're on Facebook now which is yeah. just launched, we are on Instagram. Again, we are contactable via email as well. If you email us at the at gmail.com Um and it's really nice it's really nice to see people following us and getting involved and listening and um I get to brag that the Turnbookalarms is the only t- uh, podcast that my partner listens to and subscribes to. <sighs> Won't do anybody else just fine. So I'm like, Brilliant. That. That, Brilliant. that's bonus points for you.
1: Yeah. And the concept is kind of based around six friends uh, having pub banter, pub chatter about pro yeah. wrestling like you would. I know that pubs have reopened uh, now and they they weren't open when we started the Terminal But the concept yeah. is, uh, you know, just a type of banter and conversation and chatter you would have around a pub table, uh, yeah. you know, with, with a few drinks and uh, just talking about wrestling. And, and uh, it seems to, uh, dare I say it, pun intended, flowed quite well.
0: Yeah, um it was just like meeting up, you know, once a month as a kind of break from the world and everything and um yeah, it's it's been really good. It's it's nice to have that interaction with other wrestling fans outside of my friendship circle. I know I said before we are like a family and we are yeah. that. But sometimes it's nice to hear the different opinions. It's nice to hear the different side of the arguments that my circle wouldn't bring in if that makes sense um i think our next episode is going to be dedicated to chris jericho i'm not sure but i think it is um if i read the schedule right so i'm very very much looking forward to that one um so yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes as well so
1: yeah absolutely you you've covered the cinematic universe you've covered uh halloween and the halloween gimmick and how that's been used over the years in pro wrestling uh so uh, lots uh, in the can already lots already out there to, to check out and uh, lots more to come but uh, let's let's talk about nxt halloween havoc then because um it uh, took placed a couple of nights ago um it didn't it hasn't officially dropped on the wwe network yet but uh, we've all got our ways and means of uh, finding these things of course and uh, i was desperate to talk about it especially after you know the fantastic takeover 31 from the beginning of the month and they first announced halloween havoc but um what's your kind of recollection of the the wcw version of halloween havoc because of course it's a wcw concept from the 90s uh we haven't had a halloween havoc for uh getting on for 20 years now uh but uh brought back under the dare i say wwe or nxt umbrella um and it's a much loved uh concept pay-per-view concept and i was thrilled i was over the moon when i kind of heard that it was coming back but can you remember much from uh, the wcw days if you had a chance to go back and revisit some matches or some shows and what stood out to you
0: so it's quite fortuitous that i'm on now because our last podcast at temple Clarms was about halloween and about halloween havoc previous so to do my research for that i went back and i read eh, i read i watched um all the um, previous Halloween Havocs and really enjoyed them. Um, My experience of Halloween Havoc as a child, because that was the sort of age that I was in when I was, um, when Halloween Havoc was happening, I never got to access them, never got to see them, never got to watch them. So if we take the most infamous Halloween Havoc event, which I think most people will think of, is the DDP versus Goldberg match that got cut short. Yeah. I couldn't understand why they were showing that on Nitro. And I was like, okay, maybe they're doing something new and then it never happened again. Um, so, yeah, I think I've always loved the set. I've always loved the stills that I saw. But now being able to watch them, i picking up on little things that they did. Like I noticed one of the tombstones had Crockett written on it. And I thought that was a nice little nod. I didn't see any of that in this halloween havoc i may have missed it if i have please let us know because it'd be good to go back and see um but yeah i loved it i love the concept i love halloween anyway so yeah
1: yeah yeah and uh, i mean i i mean thinking back to the wcw days and um, i loved it all as well and i didn't have access to the pay-per-views as they happened live but i would always kind of get them in through tape trailers or watch them on some uh, some uh, german uh, channel with german commentary and kind of uh, had it on mute just to kind of uh, watch the action but uh, i think it was rtl or something like that but uh, yeah. the, the sets really stood out to me the, the, the giant pumpkins the grim reaper uh, the spin the wheel make the deal wheel it. Itself. um yeah. the, the, the announcers would tend to dress up in fancy dress i remember tony schifani one year dressing up as the phantom of the opera i think another year he dressed ah. up as jesse the body ventura alongside jesse the body ventura so that was quite fun nice. um but um yeah i mean it, it was kind of the fun of it all that i absolutely loves uh, the rest in action was sometimes good wasn't always good i mean you, you there were some gimmicks that are synonymous with the bad side of wcw and the halloween <laughs> havoc like the yeti um and uh you know the, i think the giant paul white um w- was part of it as well he, you know it wasn't it wasn't that much of a terrible gimmick um yeah. but uh, you you get what i'm trying to say and uh, but some matches that really stood out to me that i absolutely loved um i remember there was a, a tag match featuring the nasty boys versus cactus jack and kevin sullivan it was like a yeah. um a philadelphia street fight and it was awesome they were brawling all around the arena shovels and uh, stop signs and mm. garbage cans and that was pretty good and that was at the height of kind of extreme wrestling and ecw so they were kind of had their own version of that uh sting versus vader i think that was possibly from about 1992 sting versus uh vader versus cactus jack from about 93 Wow. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from 97 yeah. uh, and there were some kind of more uh, matches that, that doesn't stand out for for all the right reasons, I mean Hogan versus Roddy Piper uh, doesn't live very fondly in many wrestling uh, fans minds, it, it wasn't a, a great wrestling match, uh, the build and the I suppose the kind of storyline was, was good but the match itself yeah. between uh, two wrestlers that were way past their prime wasn't all that good and then I think it was in 1991 Halloween Havoc you had the, the Chamber of Horrors cage match where you had to uh win by getting your your uh, uh an opponent one of your opposition into an electric chair and turn it on i remember cactus jack got abdullah the butcher into this electric chair turned it on abdullah the butcher did his best selling actually being uh, electrocuted <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, there's some kind of moments that you have to go back and see just for cringe value i suppose but uh, yeah. th- it all makes up this kind of lovely romantic package of halloween havoc from wcw But enough about the WCW days. I'm chuffed a bits that NXT brought it back. Uh, They recently brought back the the Great American Bash, which was another WCW concept, so you never know. We might see more of these older, uh, more romanticised WCW pay-per-views come up uh, with NXT, especially in the current climate. But uh, let's talk about this Wednesday's show. Uh, When it was first announced, I thought it was going to be like a takeover special, but then uh, when when the date was released, I found out that it was just going to be a regular Wednesday episode, but Not regular Wednesday episode, kind of a special to be honest with you, and and it felt very special it felt more takeover-ish than a standard Wednesday NXT but um, uh, let's talk about the opening video package because it was different, it had a very uh, 1960s, 1970s uh, B-movie kind of like Tales from the Crypt Keeper, Monsters sort of vibe as as the uh, kind of opening video package, and then we were greeted by Shotzi we spoke a bit off air about Shotzi Blackheart, I thought she delivered brilliantly in this. I thought it really made her uh, stand out as a big star. Uh, she yeah. had the wild hair, the horns, uh, but uh, we're all big fans of Shotsy Blackheart and uh, yeah. Wrestling with and the Turnbuckle Arms, I'm sure. But um, yeah. And then, uh, kind of the the opening match, we see uh, Damien Priest. He's kind of played out with a, a live guitar entrance to his theme. We yeah. get Johnny Gargano come out for his match, and what does he do? He kind of he, 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 there's only one kind of big gimmick on the stage, and that's a big inflatable pumpkin. And Johnny Gargano goes and deflates it before the show's even got into full swing. Yeah. Uh, well, what a, what a heel! What a what a bad guy! But um, what did you think of this kind of opening video package in the opening uh, sequence? certainly with Shotzi I thought she looked fantastic
0: yeah I mean I've I said on the Turnbuckle Arms I didn't fully understand Shotzi's role and I don't want to take away from it she did brilliant she was fantastic mm. but for me I don't think it was needed I said on the Turnbuckle Arms as well that you know I can think of scarier um former NXT talent that could have been used in place um you know, you look at Shotzi's entrance. It's quite bright. It's quite vibrant. She comes in on a tank. Look yeah. at Alistair Black. He does the whole coming up from the floor. He has the black yeah. candles. So for me, I think that would have been a better fit. But that's just me. Um, I loved it. I loved the opening title sequence. However, you knew something was going to happen to that pumpkin. You knew something was <laughs> going to happen because it was completely different to the one that we know and love. And as soon as I saw it, I went, that's out of place. That was a cheap Costco job if I ever saw yeah, one.
1: Yeah, yeah. They, they, they saved a few pounds and uh, pence on that. It looks very, very cheap and nasty, didn't it? <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I mean, absolutely fantastic. One thing that I did question about the beginning bit when Shotzi first came on was, was it Rob Zombie in the background? Because I didn't see. Um yeah so was it Rob zombie um on a postcard please but no absolutely loved it um and it made it feel more special it was this Agreed. is more than nxt this is more than a takeover this is halloween havoc
1: yeah it um, set the stage perfectly didn't it? it set the scene
0: yeah um if shotzi is still on the brand next year if she's still around, will she do the same thing next year, or what will they do next?
1: Well, hopefully, she'll be main eventing next year. Hopefully, she'll be in that women's title match. In I think that class, she uh, yeah. she's going to be elevated quite quick uh, mm-hmm. from now on, I'm sure. But uh, I mean, it, it was Shotzi again that um, she 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 kind of before the match started she had the uh, the honour of spinning the wheel and making the deal for this opening match and of course it was for yeah. the NXT North American Championship. Damien Priest going into it as the champion versus Johnny Gargano a former North American champion remember and yeah. uh, Shotzi spanned the wheel unlike when uh, Halloween Havoc was first announced and we saw the wheel on a big graphic on the, on the on the big screen it was an actual wheel I'm so pleased that they brought back the spin the wheel gimmick yeah. and uh, it landed on um, w- w- the devil playground match which is essentially no DQ no count out falls count anywhere essentially a street fight with a Halloween theme Uh, so that was really really good at least there was no coal miners glove like that Uh, horrendous match between Jake Roberts and Sting uh, with a a glove on top of a pole which really wasn't much of a gimmick anyway but that was nearly 30 years ago I digress (laughs) anyway in this one uh, let's see so these two I mean you may remember if you watched TakeOver 31 Johnny Gargano and Dame priest delivered a fantastic match almost a month ago at the last takeover and this match was, was sure to deliver but it was it had a lot more weapons involved a lot more gimmicks involved in this one uh, I mean Johnny Gargano from the outset attempted to use some kendo sticks at ringside Damien priest counters with like a, a telescopic uh, night stick and yeah. they start their big brawl around the outside Damien priest uses the steel ring steps as a battering ram and they fight uh, onto the ramp and the stage area. Yeah. They go, they go uh, back around ringside, uh, Lexi, and Gargano hits like a a, si- a sliced bread number two on Damien yeah. Priest on the kind of the, the flat side of the steel ring steps, and that looked like it sucked. Uh, Gargano yeah. gets dropped onto the announce table at ringside. The two then fight uh, to the backstage area where Gargano makes use of a fire extinguisher, trash cans, a crowbar before attempting or hooking in a, a Gargano escape on the concrete floor. Then Gargano and Priest they fight around that the graveyard set, so we've got no more uh, but giant pumpkin, but we still still have a graveyard set, Lexi, and they fight yeah. around this uh, graveyard set. Uh, Johnny Gargano starts to destroy the champ with several really stiff trash can shots. Then priest recovers. He looks like he's about to hit his finishing move, the Reckoning, off of this yeah. uh, perch, off of the, the side of this set uh, when a mystery masked figure, dressed like um, a, a character out of the Scream movie, um, mm-hmm. hits Priest with a lead pipe. Gargano levels Priest with a, 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 a like a, a polystyrene gravestone um, and sends him crashing off the stage uh, through some sort of a house or part of the set down below. Gargano comes along and crawls over, covers Priest once Two, three. We've got a new North American champion. Gargano is a two-time champion, um, but uh, this was different to their last encounter at Takeover 31. Lexi, a lot more gimmicks involved, a lot more weapons involved, a lot more brawling around backstage. Um, did, did it do anything for you? Did this match deliver? I mean, this match is kind of getting mixed reviews. A lot of people really liking it. Um, I personally felt it was a little bit overproduced or overbooked. I would have more. I would have preferred to have seen them more in and around the ring, if I'm honest. Um, But, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the Halloween Havoc concept and the kind of it was a fools count anywhere or uh, a match after all. But uh, give us your thoughts on this one.
0: Um, I'm in the camp that loves it Um, because there's little gems and they all nine times out of ten involve Gargano. So I noticed that the pumpkin got some revenge because Gargano got caught up in the remains of the pumpkin. Yeah. um which i thought was was cool um and then um there was a bit when they were going backstage and there was a coughing bit and gargano opens the coffin and this thing jumps out super and he kicks ends, the skeleton yeah he super kicks it and calls it stupid and i was like yes that's exactly what I, mean. I did like that um it was a good match i mean it's when you have a stipulation match as is. Nine times out of ten, they don't fully use the stipulations. And I felt that in this match, they really did use the stipulations um, because it went everywhere and anything goes and and stuff like that. So it was a great match to start. I mean, you think about the opening matches of Halloween Havoc's past, you know, they've started off really, really strong and it carried on in this one. Um, So, yeah, congratulations, Johnny two-time American champion um yeah well done
1: yeah so, yeah well, I, I, I must admit I did enjoy the match I just found that it was a little bit overproduced but uh, I, I found that both performance were fan- both performers both wrestlers were fantastic during the whole of this yeah. match um but uh, yeah I, I want to see maybe a, a rubber match between these two uh maybe you know give them two out of three falls inside a ring or maybe inside a cage and that's more my cup of tea personally yeah. but uh um Then we see a rather nervous-looking Cameron Grimes. Uh, He gets led to the parking lot to be whisked away for his match with uh, Dexter Loomis. Uh, We'll have more on that in a bit. And then we see Pat McAfee and the new tag team champions Danny Burch and Only Lorcan in the ring with Pat reminding us about his awesome debut. And it was a very, very good debut against Adam Cole at TakeOver 30 a couple of months ago. Uh, Pat Rips on the internet wrestling community, explains uh, how he felt disrespected by Adam Cole after their match at Takeover 30. He explained how it was uh, he who recruited Ridge Holland to attack Adam Cole um, after Takeover 31, and how he recruited Birch and Lorkin um, uh, to further f- the feud uh, with uh, the Undisputed Era, and uh, they then became the new tag team champions. Of course, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, he then comes out minus Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish. Um, and uh, who else has he joined by? None other than the Bruiserweights, Pete Dunn. Now, I've got to admit to you, Lexi, I popped when the Bruiserweights music started. I think it's a fantastic uh, uh, bit of music anyway. Yeah. But knowing that Pete Dunne uh, was back over in the States to continue where he left off back in February or March when he's part of the weights with, uh, yeah. with Matt Riddle, of course. Um, but... Uh, uh, Kyle Riley has two chairs. He gives one to Pete Dunne. They both go into the ring. It looks like Pete Dunne and Kyle Riley are going to kind of attack McAfee and Burch and Larkin, but in fact, it's uh, Pete Dunne who hits Kyle Riley from behind with the chair, lays waste. Uh, to the Undisputed Era member, and then uh, you're only looking, Danny Burch and Pete Dunne, all uh, beating down on Kyle O'Reilly. It looks like Pete Dunne's officially turned heel, which I'm sad about, I've got to be honest, Uh, but it does add another member to Pat McAfee's faction. Uh, Give us your thoughts on what went down here, because it looks like uh, with with, Pete over war games around the corner they could be looking at maybe team mcafee against team undisputed era inside of war games uh, would you be for, for that match and what did you think of what went down here
0: absolutely for that match um it's always nice when we know that war games is coming up because then we think who's going to get put together will there be another women's war games match etc etc um can i just say i'm um, It's very bittersweet that Orkin and um, Birch are champions. It came at the expense of uh, Breezango, and I love that guy. Those
1: guys,
0: (laughs) they do deserve a little bit better, and they deserved a longer title run, but that's that. Um, One thing that let this segment down, and I don't know whether you picked up on it for me, was uh, Vic Joseph's commentary. And he says... uh, Dunne is a man of class and I was like which Pete Dunn have you been watching mate <laughs> I was like if you actually watched him I think that let it down because knowing the Bruiserweight, weight as we know the WWE version of the Bruiserweight, weight he's never sort of been a team player the only thing possibly down the line is if Tyler Bate and uh, Trent Seven come up yeah. Where will his allegiances lie? And I do think that could be a way of ending this stable, um, and then make it three man versus three man. Um but yeah, I it was it was given because of how Pete Dunn started feuding with the Undisputed Era, that wasn't resolved anyway. Yeah. So it's a nice way to reintroduce Peter. I think it made Kylo Kyle O'Reilly look a little bit stupid picking Pete Dunn. Um but it is what it is. It was a great segment. Loved seeing the Bruise weight back. He looks incredible.
1: He looks. His physique is just out of this world at the moment. He's definitely been uh, putting the hours in at the gym, hasn't he?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, absolutely all for it. Bring it on. It's going to be one hell of a match. Yeah. Um, if that's where they're going with it, so.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and as sad as I was to see Pete Dunn turn heel, I've got to say, I do think he makes a, a more effective heel. Um, he kind of has that certain edge when he's a heel as opposed to being a baby face. And I think he's definitely got this. Edge. The only other downside for me is that he's not the leader of the group. Of course, Pat McAfee is the leader of the group, but uh, Pete Dunn will obviously be a, kind of the prominent singles performer within that faction. And it will be interesting to see where we go from here. Like I say, with War Games around the corner, uh, the rumour is that it could be building towards a four on four War Games match between... Ue and uh, Pat McAfee's team with a uh, Pete Dunne, only Larkin, and Danny Burch, which will be an outstanding match for yeah. sure. Um, and then we see Cameron Grimes again, this time um, he's, uh, uh, he's uh, getting transported away in this kind of beaten up van uh, with Michael PS Hayes, the, the fabulous free bird um, uh, looking like he's having a great time there and uh, a very, very nervous. Cameron Grimes gets uh, uh, whisked away for his match with uh, with uh, Dexter Loomis there. But uh, let's talk very, very briefly about our next match. And it was quite a brief match in itself. Jake yeah. Atlas, Lexi versus Santos Escobar. So my understanding, I don't know if this was made clear during the uh, during the um, of the show, but this was a, a non-title match. So not a, a cruiserweight championship match. Um, and uh, yeah, only went about three, three and a half minutes. And uh, it felt more like a handicap match to me this one because you had Wacky uh, Wild and uh, uh, Mendoza on the outside who seemed to be putting in a a lot of work for Santos Escobar. So it did feel like a bit of a three-on-one handicap with Jake Atlas eventually losing in this quite short match. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of warming to Jake Atlas as a performer, um, and uh, they would have liked to have seen maybe a longer match and maybe this is the start of maybe a, a bigger program between these two. But uh, anything take your interest uh, in this? quite short match lexi
0: um that was one of the things i picked up it was far too short compared to other matches on the card um i picked up on the confusion about it being a non-title match or a normal title match same here i
1: thought
0: i thought i heard them say that it was a title match um but might have missed it might have got it wrong um And the Rey Mysterio tribute was absolutely... It was a nice touch. Love that, yeah. Um, So for those of you that haven't seen it yet, cover your ears because there's going to be some spoilers. Um, He comes out, um, Escobar comes out, and he's got um, purple tights with question marks all over them. Um, And it pays homage to Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc
1: 97.
0: Correct, yeah. So yeah, it, it was really, really nice. It was a nice touch, so... It was a great match. It it was just too short.
1: yeah well I think it's probably the start of uh, a bigger program between these two and they seem to be quite high on Jake Atlas and um, yeah the Cruiserweight Champion is doing some good stuff so I wouldn't be surprised to see more from these two but uh, I want to see Swerve Scott, Isaiah Swerve Scott uh, featured in uh, the Cruiserweight Championship uh, matches again I thought uh, Santos Escobar and Swerve Scott had a great match at TakeOver 31 so uh, yeah I don't mind any combination of these three definitely do it for me but uh, they we're transported to the haunted House of Terrors, the match between Cameron Grimes and Dexter Lumis it was it was, yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a cinematic style match uh, with Marilyn Manson's music playing in the background to start off with, uh, definitely gave, gave a very spooky vibe to it all this match was essentially Cameron Grimes trying to escape the clutches for, of zombies and his opponents, uh, Dexter Lumis yeah. of course um, and uh, at, at the closing part of this segment we see Cameron Grimes escaping the clutches of the, of the zombies and kind of escaping the house running down the street for his life um, and uh, seemingly back to the, the, the Capitol wrestling centre um, and the match will be continued so we'll talk more about that match uh, when it continues a bit later on but uh, this yeah. is one of my matches of the night and I absolutely love this match Uh Ripley versus Raquel Gonzalez now one thing I have to say between this and the main event I think that the women of NXT absolutely stole the show on Wednesday yeah. night at Halloween Havoc and this match was, was fantastic now we haven't seen a lot from Raquel Gonzalez She's been involved in tag matches with Dakota Kai, um, or with the uh, kind of stablemate tag team partner friend Dakota Kai. Uh, but he was this was a kind of breakout moment of the, her first standout singles match against none other than the excellent Rhea Ripley, uh, yeah. former NXT champion, former NXT UK women's champion, of course. Now, um, it, this match has been built up over the last few weeks on NXT TV and um, you know Ripley and Gonzalez looking to prove who is the most dominant woman on the black and gold brand so just to take you through some of the highlights uh, this match started as more of a more of a fight a, a proper fight between these two women this the match Sue went to the outside with uh, Gonzalez she drove Rhea Ripley into the fan guards like the, the the mesh with a with a power bomb um, and Ripley landed quite hard on the floor after that first bump as well Gonzalez she stretched Rhea Ripley back inside the ring. Ripley comes back with a basement drop kick uh, and these two uh, appear uh, fairly evenly matched for the, the majority of this match to be honest with you. Uh, we see an inverted cloverleaf from uh, Ripley uh, and then a spinning sidewalk slam for a close near fall. We see Gonzalez launch Ripley uh, from the top turnbuckle for a two count of her own. Uh, but this match came to an end, Lexi, when uh, Ripley was able to reverse uh, one of Gonzalez's finishers uh, leading to a riptide by Rea Ripley for the impressive and quite hard-fought win, I have to say. Uh, this was a really good match. Absolutely loved this match. Up to this point, this is my favourite match of the night. Gonzalez putting on a great display and kind of making a bit of a name for herself in this match made a, a bit of a, a star making performance I think um and uh yeah I, I thought this was fantastic against the, the more experienced Rhea Ripley and thought the two of them uh had great chemistry and uh, I think that Gonzalez has got a, a great future ahead of her we know that Rhea Ripley is going to be an absolute mega star um, yeah. but uh yeah I love this match I thought it was great the two women knocked it out of the park but give us your thoughts I
0: thought it was a great match and I what I'm about to say, I don't want to take away from any performer, um, either Ripley or Gonzalez. Mm. I think it went on a little bit too long. I would have liked to have seen a couple of minutes, five possibly, shaved off this match and put onto the cruiserweight match.
1: Yep, good point. Give
0: them a little bit more to see what, what they could do. And I know that it could be building to bigger and better things, but. What's going to happen now with Ripley and Gonzalez? Where are they going to go from here? Because now Ripley's like, well, I beat you. Don't have to prove anything anymore. Where's she going to go? What's going to be next for Raquel Gonzalez? Is it going to carry on? Is it going to escalate? Um, But yeah, um, it was a good match. It was a hard, hard fought match.
1: They laid it in, didn't they?
0: They laid it in hard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed, though, that spin the wheel, make the deal wasn't on every match yeah I thought that would have been nice um but yeah um great match I didn't think Raquel Gonzalez was gonna win it I didn't think she would um it was obvious Rhea looks badass um she's changed her look again um so yeah I absolutely loved it but I would have liked to have seen it a little bit shorter but that's just me
1: yeah. I mean, one observation I've got regarding uh, Rhea Ripley is that um, I think there was a stage where a point in time where her gimmick seemed to overtake the wrestler Rhea Ripley. But now I think she's got the balance back again and she's putting in these good matches. She looks great. The gimmick is there, uh, but it's less about you know her personality and what she looks like. And it's more about the wrestler now. And that's what I always liked about Rhea Ripley when she kind of first turned into this badass kind of yeah. punk chick. Um, And she's really that kind of killer again. Uh, But I thought Raquel Gonzalez was was more than a kind of a match for her last night or two nights ago. Um, This was a good match. And I want to see more from these two in some way, shape or form. But uh, Yeah. yeah, some bright futures, definitely. And then in a bit of a comedy segment, Lexi, we see... Drake Maverick, he's backstage uh, dressed up as Hollywood Hulk Hogan brother um, and uh, we see we see the Yeti and uh, another wrestler dressed up as Paul White or the giant whatever Big Show was known as in WCW. Then we see Killian Dane kind of getting into the spirit of things, dressed as the shopmaster with a shopmaster helmet and yeah. uh, furry vest. Uh, Drake Maverick kind of wonders why he didn't fall over like planned, like the original Shopmaster did back in the early 90s and instead Drake Maverick he puts yeah. on the, the, the helmet and falls over himself. So a nice bit of comedy there and I do I am enjoying uh, the the kind of duo of Drake Maverick and Killian Dane kind of like a um, two opposite sides of the coin. Killian Dane the killer, very serious. Uh, rest uh, Drake Maverick um, a bit more of a, a comedy character um, but a scrappy underdog baby face. Uh, but I th- I think they are warming to one another. I think Killian Dane is starting to uh, tolerate uh, Drake Maverick a bit more. But a little bit of comedy here but uh, let's get back to the, the, the Cameron Grimes match because they, Cameron Grimes does run all the way from the haunted house to the CWC yeah. um, but it's, it's a little bit different so the whole ringside area is, is uh, set up in like a spooky graveyard setting there's uh, dry ice or smoke there's zombies thrown in for good measure then Dexter Loomis as he likes to appear from out of nowhere um, yeah. uh, we get uh, zombies start crawling into the ring at this stage Loomis even launches one of the zombies at Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is not a happy bunny. He's, yeah. he's not enjoying this at all. He's not enjoying the whole zombie experience. Clearly terrified uh, beyond uh, beyond his wits end. Um, and then uh, Loomis just uh, hooks on a sleeper, puts Cameron Grimes to sleep, and uh, this rather bizarre but fairly entertaining haunted house of terrors matches over uh it, it wasn't much of a wrestling match i don't think it could be described as a wrestling match like i said yeah. at the beginning more of a cinematic match um you know some zombies thrown in there for good measure but did they achieve what they set out to in this one do you think
0: um i think it was a nice little bit of fun to be honest i think it was a chance for dexter lemus not only to ex- have that first cinematic experience in terms of wrestling, but it was also a nice way of getting, you know, zombies and paying homage to the ECW zombie that, you know, yeah. was, was a past. <laughs> um, I have to say though, uh, Cameron Grimes made me laugh, and I'm pretty sure it's it's unintentional. Um, he he keeps repeating, "I'm Cameron Grimes. I'm Cameron Grimes. You better stop." And it the way he said it just made me think of a character from the disney film the aristocats and it was kind of like he he says it and he's like i'm the leader wait a minute i'm the leader i say when it's time to go and it just made me think of that i don't know why but that's how my brain works um but it was good and again a similar sort of issue with cinematic matches there was a finish but there was a little tease of something else. Um, Vic Vic Joseph was like, oh, you know, I don't know what, you know, Cameron Grimes isn't going to like what he wakes up to and stuff like that. And I have to put out two gems by Wade Barrett. Um, One of them was the line, I'm more concerned about what's in the smoke, try to keep (laughs) up, which I thought was great. And the other one was, is that your hand on my leg Vic (laughs) love it (laughs) and I loved it I was just like yes he's back um and we also have to uh put a shout out to not only um uh Wade Barrett but also to Vic Joseph who were in Fancy Dress um and I agree um that Wade well, Barrett,
1: Barrett came as it came as himself, didn't he? I think. he came as bad news <laughs> bad Barrett. News, Barrett yeah.
0: And he actually got I've got a bit of bad news for you. <laughs> and I thought that was ace. So I think he won in my eyes just for that section. Um yeah. so yeah, it was great.
1: Yeah, I, I I was a big fan of the the bad news Barrett gimmick and, and they could have gone a long way with that. They could have gone so far with that. And, uh, you know uh, <laughs> Honestly, they, they, once again, another opportunity lost by WWE. But uh, good to see Wade Barrett on commentary. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's got any more wrestling matches in his future, but certainly on commentary, he's fantastic. But, but going back to this kind of haunted House of Terrors match, Lexi, Cameron Grimes, he's just uh, an undeniable superstar, isn't he? I think yeah. uh, whether it's comedy, whether it's in the ring, I think his character is probably one of the best characters in wrestling uh, at the moment. And I absolutely love his kind of, I don't know if it's a hillbilly character, but um, yeah. I just absolutely dig it. And I think he's, he's he, he gets it. He 100% gets it. And yeah. I think his character the way he looks he doesn't take himself too seriously but we know that he can deliver it you know in front of a microphone in front of a camera in a wrestling ring I think he's fantastic and uh, he's still very young I think he's only in his early 20s maybe 24 so he's got such a bright future ahead of him especially when they're featuring him on, on TV every single week uh, whether he wins or loses it doesn't doesn't seem to hurt him at all but uh, I'd say you know I'd like to see him challenge for maybe the North American Championship or something down the line I think he deserves a little bit of silverware um but yeah. I think he's absolutely fantastic. I love everything Cameron Grimes does. On the flip side, uh, I, I, I don't really understand or get the, the Dexter Loomis character. Um, and uh, I think he's quite boring, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, things like this are fine. Uh, but as a serious wrestler or a gimmick, I can't take him seriously at all. But, uh, but let's talk about Tommaso Ciampa. Because he did a bit of a, a backstage segment then, Lexi, and uh, um, he said that he was Mr. NXT, uh, but fate took that away from him. We all know that he had that um, a, a neck neck injury and neck surgery when he was champion uh, back in uh, 2019 and wasn't able to defend his championship in that uh, uh, big big grudge match against Johnny Gargano that they've been building for so long. Uh, he also sends out a message to the Velveteen Dream who he'll be facing on next week's NXT. Um, so that's one match to look forward to kind of a, a big a headline match, Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Champion. We've also got Ember Moon versus Dakota Kai. So those two matches should deliver quite highly, but uh, are you looking forward to next week's show Will you be watching those two matches? What kind of stands out to you?
0: Yeah. Um, for me, what stands out is the, the promo and the intensity and the um the way that he addresses how NXT has changed. Yes. And for me, I don't ever want Champa to go up to the main roster. I know that he said quite publicly he doesn't want to leave NXT ever. He much prefers it there. Um and I think having him there and having that flicker of NXT past is really, really important. Um because there's always that tease then that it could go back to what it once was when it was an hour show when it wasn't on a major network um i think calling out the velveteen dream absolutely fantastic um absolutely lives up to his psycho killer um persona of old shows that he, he's still got it he's still got the fight so very much looking forward to that match um haven't seen too much of the ember moon dakota kai feuds i'm a couple of weeks behind um nxt i bumped this one up because obviously appearing on here yeah um but i'm very very excited i popped really really hard when ember moon returned um i've said for a long time she deserves a lot better than what she got on the main roster and hopefully she can continue to be as kick-ass in nxt as she was previously um you know yeah yeah. um and I've seen a couple of people have said oh you know going to NXT going back to NXT is a demotion and I'm like how is it how is it a demotion when you look at the likes of Finn Balor who is now two-time NXT champion and you know leading the brand essentially um but yeah, so...
1: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, getting the, the, the glimpse, or so it's probably not the glimpse, I think we've been seeing it for a little while now, of the old Tommaso Ciampa when, in my views, NXT was at a, at its kind of peak when Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa and all these great names were at their, their peak. And um, I think since the show's gone to two hours, that's probably um, hindered the show and the overall yeah. kind of uh, quality of, of the show. But... Uh, um, now we've got heel Tommaso Champa back. I think that's the best version of Tommaso Champa that we could possibly wish for, and um, I'm I'm hoping that he uh, really kind of does a number on the Velveteen Dream next week. But uh, yeah. let's let's talk about the main event then, Lexi. Um, and uh, it it was a phenomenal match, and uh, we've spoken about some good matches already, but this was for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, it was another spin-the-wheel, make-the-wheel uh, deal, and yeah. uh, Shotzi was there, and um, it, it wasn't a table, ladders and chairs, it was tables, ladders and scares, uh, so yeah. pretty much a TLC match, the championship bout will be uh, suspended above the ring like all good TLC matches. Um, and this match, this match just blew me away, to be honest with you. It was very, very good. Just to go through some of the highlights, uh, early on, Candice uh, pulls out a table from underneath the ring and there was a, a bag full of body parts, which uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. was, was probably the weirdest thing that I'd seen, uh, certainly during this match anyway. Uh, EO uses some of the body parts to, to club Candice with. Uh, the two yeah. fight around the ringside area with Candice using a laptop. Uh, they set up a, a ladder as a bridge um, and a whole load of chairs are pulled out from underneath the ring and uh, shoved into into the ring um, and some tables as well as you would expect. They set up a bit of a battleground essentially around ringside EO connects with a stiff suplex on the outside as the two continue to fight around the ringside area. EO then misses a moonsault um, and uh, landing instead uh, onto the the pile of chairs that were set up previously Uh, Candice gets suplexed onto one of the chairs uh, in the ring and that looks like it sucked Uh, Mm. really really bad for Candice there. Candice then gets the upper hand with a, a wicked Spinning net breaker sending EO crashing through a couple of tables that were set up at ringside. Then Lexi, uh, we see the same masked attacker in the in the scream mask um, from the first show helped Johnny Gargano, of course, from the first match. Uh, this time helping Candice to scale the ladder uh, in a bid to grab the championship belt. Uh, but Shotzi Blackheart, the star of the sh- the star of the whole two hours, in my opinion, runs in to save the day. Uh, she drops the masked wrestler onto a pile of chairs, leaving it to just Candice and Io to finish the match and just. As Candice is about to unhook the belt, Eo runs in tips Candice off of the ladder she goes tumbling over the top rope and down onto the, the ladder that was set up as a bridge a bit earlier on that move looks like it sucked yeah. and uh, Candice looks like she was in a quite a bit of pain I think there was one very very brief shot of her crying uh, but uh, yeah whether it was a, a wooden ladder or a metal ladder that thing broke in half and she looked like she was in pain uh, but she she You know, she's uh, quite a physical wrestler. She's been in tough matches like this before, but that was a hell of a bump. Yeah, uh, this allowed the, the champ to scale another ladder and grab the belt to retain her championship. I thought this match was thrilling. I thought it wasn't overproduced. I thought that the, the stunts were great. Um, I thought the use of the tables and, and the ladders, especially, were fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I personally, the, the, I think the best outcome for this would have been uh, for Candice to win. I think you know it wouldn't have harmed Io too much to have lost a belt. I think that it would. Have, it would have, I think. It's time that uh, Candice because this is her second or third attempt at the championship now Lexi and she's falling short only just every single time. So I would have liked to have seen, um, you know, in, in the spirit of Halloween Havoc, I think that her costume and her gimmick was very, yeah. very Halloween orientated, especially with Johnny winning the North American Championship in the first match. Uh, but no, Io Shirai won the match, retained her title. This this match was stunning. Um, I, I, I do kind of um, fear a little bit for Candice. I think she's going to be out of action for a little while after that bump through the ladder. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on this one. I thought it was amazing
0: i've written down i think it's a match of the year contender to be honest it's definitely up there yeah it it had everything i mean you were speaking about the tables i love the fact that they had the chalk outlines of people on the (laughs) tables i thought that was great one of the other things i wrote was are body parts legal in a tables ladders and chairs match apparently Uh, so apparently so yeah (laughs) um i have to say i have to say the match was so good that I'd completely forgotten that Candice LeRae had set up the bridge Mm. because I was so engrossed. Um, I will disagree with you slightly on on Candice winning um, that she should have won. I thought it was the right call because it was a little bit too predictable. If if Johnny, you know, might not have had – might not have won or it would have gone to some sort of DQ or whatever, or or a non-contest, for example, it would have made sense because obviously they're heels at the moment and Candice LeRae can be like, well, I did it, and Johnny wasn't beaten, stuff like that. So I think in terms of the next stage, I think maybe we could see something at War Games possibly um, between the two of them, and I think she'll do it then. Um, I think... Two title changes on a non um, takeover, and, yeah. a, and not. I think it would be a bit too much.
1: That's a really uh, good point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Can I just point out as well? I mm. do feel very very sorry for Poppy. I don't know whether it came across when you watched it. Um, Poppy did the entrance theme for Io Shirai, she and did. her mic failed from the version And I watched. Yeah, no, I,
1: I I couldn't make out any lyrics from Poppy at all.
0: No. Um, I could hear something, but I couldn't hear it properly. So it would have been kick-ass if if that had gone properly. Um, also as well, can we have orange and black ladders all the time? Because they look cool. <laughs>
1: yeah. They
0: look really, really cool. Um, You know, it had everything though. It had run-ins, it had Shotzi. And I'm convinced that Shotzi took out that bloke in platform heels. So it's got a thicker sole and then a taller heel. I think she did. I didn't quite catch it, but if she did, that's impressive as hell. So well done Shotzi. Well,
1: the, uh, the rumor is, the rumor is um, that the, the mystery kind of masked uh, wrestler that seems to be uh, aligning with, uh, with Johnny and Candice is actually um, a female wrestler, women's wrestler Indy Hartwell, who's been featured once or twice on NXT, but she's going to be made into a, a bigger deal. Now, it it, it turns out that it will be Indy Hartwell, but it wasn't Indy Hartwell that was under the mask during Halloween Havoc because I think Indy Hartwell is um, kind of uh, out um, isolating or she's been in in contact with people with uh, uh, COVID. But uh, it will be um, Indy Hartwell that will be joining that little group.
0: That will be interesting. I think that plays in quite well then if that's the case for Candice winning the title. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Already my shenanigans senses going off. Um, you know, I can't wait to see. I mean, I would love to see Candice LeRae as champion, either as face or heel. I like her. You know, she's got something about her that really does come through beyond wrestling. Um, but yeah, I think she's going to do it. I think there's going to be a lot of shenanigans going on. Yeah. Um,
1: I've got to say, I think that her Poison Pixie character at the minute is is second to none. I'm yeah. absolutely digging it. And uh, yeah. uh, not so much from Johnny. I think he's, he's playing a, a decent heel, but Candice just steals the show as the Poison Pixie. I think she's fantastic. Yeah.
0: And her, her costume. I don't know if you noticed this, but she had bigger wings than she normally wears. Right. So to get into the ring, she actually had to hold them and bend them around <laughs> yeah. her to get in yeah Um, which i thought was quite cool because i was thinking how's she gonna get in how's she gonna get in the ring is she gonna you know but it was great um i love the costume i love the fact that johnny as well at the very beginning paid homage to the nightmare before christmas and i think that came through as well in um candace's attire as well
1: yeah she Um, she also played the kind of um Uh, Jack Skellington's uh, I can't remember the name of the the female character in Nightmare Before Christmas but uh, yes you could tell in her face makeup and her her attire but uh, really really and and she always has uh, amazing uh, gear Uh, so does Johnny so uh, yeah credit to them but uh, I I thought this was a a great main event and it capped off uh, a really really good show a bit of a mixed bag of a show I've got to be honest with you the the whole uh, uh, Dexter Lumis Cameron Grimes stuff was a little bit out there uh, but then when you consider you know that you could say that Cameron Grimes was in a bit of a nightmare scenario it is halloween so they can be forgiven for having a little bit of a, a comedy cinematic match you could say yeah. uh zombies and all i thought the opening match was good you, you i think you enjoyed the opening match a little bit more than i did but um, the, the main event really stole it yeah. i thought gonzalez and rhea ripley uh, was absolutely phenomenal as well so overall a really really good show but uh uh w- would you agree with me there
0: yeah absolutely um the things that i didn't like about it had something else that made up for it so it was a really great show um it had that very different feel that very different vibe that set it apart from a normal episode of nxt and also a takeover as well um it had people doing insane things for little belts which we always love um you know it, it was it was great and to have sort of um a little bit of a crowd there and then also to have the thunderdome as well yeah. was awesome um and it, i think that's what also made it feel a bit more special as well because i don't know whether they're piping crowd noise in or not but it was certainly louder than i remember last time i watched it um but yeah, incredible show, incredible yeah. show. And
1: not not forgetting the, the return of uh, Pete Dunne back to the Black and Gold brand uh, as a heel, but uh, like I say, I do think he has a bit more of an edge as a heel yep. as opposed to being a babyface. That'd be interesting to see what happens there. I think Pat McAfee absolutely kills it on the microphone. I think he's yep. fantastic, and his match against Adam Cole was great. So we'll probably see a lot more from uh, those two factions at War Games. And yep. uh, once again, I mean, he started with Shotzi. We saw Shotzi in the main event. I thought she was fantastic through. I, I thought that she was. Uh, um great as a as, as a as a as a host but i think um i said to you off air that next year uh whether it be halloween havoc or something similar she needs to be in the main event challenging yeah. for the title i think if they don't put her in the title picture soon then they're missing out on a trick there but uh, lexi it's been uh, amazing having you on the wrestling with jonah's podcast again mm-hmm. and uh yeah. you know talking about nxt halloween havoc which i thought overall was a really really good show uh yeah. but before we let you go Give us then plugs for the Turnbuckle Arms. Uh, um, if you know the socials or where we can get in touch and where we can listen to the podcast, uh, now's your chance.
0: Oh, thank you very much. So we are on Twitter at the Turnbuckle Arms podcast. We are on Instagram on the Turnbuckle Arms podcast. We are now on Facebook. Again, Turnbuckle Arms podcast. And again, you can email into us at the Arms at gmail.com. Um, we would love to to have some more fan interaction we'd love to hear what you think any questions you want to ask us do you want to challenge grizz for example because i've proven that grizz can sometimes be wrong um, <laughs> surely I, not <laughs> yes um twice um and it's a shame that that part i think grizz did it on purpose the podcast that got lost grizz had to check it and he was like i'm wrong and i think he's purposely lost it so that's not out there but there we go um yeah please follow listen subscribe we're all over the place we're even on youtube which i keep forgetting because it's very surreal to see my face on my tv
1: and um, Um, powered for tv as well
0: yes um which is awesome um and of course yourself the lovely with jonah's podcast shares everything that we do as well and vice versa so it's a nice little family we've got it's going on. It's
1: all good. On, it's it? all good. And uh, one thing I will say is, if you if you ever uh, listen to the audio version of any Turnbook Alarms podcast, listen to the very very end, please. Uh, do yourself a it's favor. Easy. Listen listen to the last ten seconds uh, because there's always a little bit of a hidden gem there from myself when I do the editing. Um, but uh, Lexi, Lexi's thinking, oh, what what does he do? But uh, you'll, you'll only no, know if know. you listen to the very end. Uh, I know. And, and it involves Grizz. Uh, but uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, Lexi has been brilliant speaking to you we'll have to do this again we can't leave it so long next time but uh uh, from myself and from lexi helms we'll catch up with you all again soon
0: see you soon